Hi, this is Dennis McCarthy, and I'm back with another podcast. So today I'm going to talk about henchmen. Um, while we're in the background, you can hear um, a little bit of Dungeon Synth, uh, the album Knoll, which was uh, by Hermetic Catastrophe on Bandcamp. It's got a couple of good ones, nice art on them, and very evocative stuff. A little bit better, I think, than the constant replays of um, the Conan soundtrack that went on during my gaming days back when. In any case, um, some of my first published um, art was in uh, Tim Short's The Manor Number 8, which is particularly famous because it ended up being the, the birthplace of uh, the dungeon grappling article with um, Peter Delorto and um, Douglas Cole, which later on became uh, the dungeon grappling game uh, supplement, which is great for old school and worked on with um, numerous systems and uh, it was written by someone who wrote a uh, two guys who had written a martial arts book and technical grappling for GURPS and they went and kind of applied it back that way um, it's a decent article and I'm not the proudest of the two uh, pictures I have which are of uh, a labor uh, overloaded carrying a bunch of chests and bags and a torchbearer it was an early experiment I had in um, working with um, trying to use gray tones in MS Paint. I mean, it's like I used to work in d with design markers and that kind of thing, but um, it looked very amateurish and really very 80s MS Paint, which is why I went back into black and white um, and started working with stipple and cross hatching and things like that. Um, you know, barring the little three bar. Um, pattern method from uh, Dyson Logos's dungeon walls for a lot of my um, cloth textures and whatnot. Um, the henchman book for Dungeon Fantasy, um, DF15, is one of my favorites. Like I said in my last episode, I really love low-level play and I love um, building the personalities of the people who work for you. Um, with that said, a lot of times on my um, online game, which is about a mega dungeon that's underneath a large town that's recovering from having been hit with plague. So it's very po possible for you to end up um, buying a place and setting up your base of operations there. Um, the basic ideas I got of it were from Kabuki Kaiser's um, Ruins of the Undercity, which was really one of the first OSR products I ever picked up. and led me to purchase Labyrinth Lord as my first purchased piece of OFR paraphernalia. Um, one of the things about it is that I hadn't been playing for years. I had given away my 1E books and things like that. And this was when Drive-Through and RPG Now were two separate entities before they got united as one bookshelf. I can't remember where I saw the review of it. I think someone had linked to it on Facebook or something right after it had come out. And I thought it was great. I've given it away as gifts to people on a couple of occasions. It was a solo dungeon construction um, 
for play, you know, using the, the random dungeon design rules from the DM's guide, and it had a great atmosphere, and the ideas of the kind of things that would happen to your characters during their downtime, that by developed by random role, was really entertaining to me. And when I started building my city, I was working with that kind of look to it. Um, I mean, there was a dragon article years ago called The End of the World that was about um, just trying to refresh your campaign by having the plague hit it and wiping out everybody, keeping the same maps and effectively turning castles into dungeons by having them the population eradicated with all the treasure still being there. And I'd looked at that as kind of being an ideal gaming setting because you'd never really know if the next village was actually there, if it was just ruins, or if things had moved in. Um, and there's a lot of vacancy and not much infrastructure and a lot of need for people to, to find work by traveling and you know, without, without uh, there being enough people to be in the armies, there'd be need for adventurers to clean things up. So one of the big things I implemented, going back to um, the wonderful world of Aemon games for the Apple, which were a bunch of text adventures that were based off the original adventure game, you know, with the twisty little maze of passages all alike. Um, there was... In Aemon, there was an adventurer's guild, a, a rogue's guild, that you kind of would go where that was always your starting point. And the first person you meet in the Northport Adventurer's Guild is Aemon McCain, named after that. And just like that fella, the, the fellow from the, the wonderful world of Aemon, uh, he points at a sign that says, Everything that isn't nailed down is mine, and anything that I can pry up isn't nailed down. And all weapons must be either checked or P-strength. This means you. And pulls out a rather large knobbery to make his point. You know, essentially, if you don't check your stuff, <laughs> you get a knot across the head. Um, and one of the things I did was fill the guild with people you can hire not all of them the best folk to have around but it was always good to if I had um, players coming in that needed to be filled out a bit and in some cases I had solo players who wanted to do something because my other group was occupied and I didn't have a group for them to join so I handed them a bunch of characters now on my blog I've got a couple of them there presented I've got um, Molag um, Moleg Anders, who's an adventurer. That is his class. It's um, based off of... Um, oh, shoot, what was the... I can't remember the name of the, the website it was from. Um, I got a link to it on that page. But it, it was um, building a character, um, a non-fighter, non-thief, non-magic user, but kind of a multi-class... Uh, jack-of-all-trades, master or none sort, and I added some things that were in the, the, the GURPS uh, DF10 um, innkeeper's template, the jack-of-all-trades um, thing, and put that in there, which lets you be good at things that you're not good at. It's handy. It doesn't make you great at anything, 
but it makes you less suck less at things that you aren't specifically in your wheelhouse. Um, and I had based it. the The idea was that the kind of characters you had in the fighting fantasy books and the, the Steve Jackson sorcery books, who you could build as a, a you know a fighting type who was stealthy, never really wore much armor, and could maybe cast magic if you had the other supplement book. That's the kind of thing that the adventure class was built into. Um, and a guy named Haskell, who was... I made him a smart fighter who had a lot of magic items on him that didn't look like magic items. And a handful of useful skills at, you know, shaking things down. And basically, he'd be a guy... He'd be somebody who'd be really good at finding secret doors. Mostly to find loose change. And I had another character that had been in my um, in an original group I had written because I'd, I'd started writing uh, this game back in third edition before I had um, the there was an actual dungeon fantasy. I was writing this uh, dungeon crawling game back in 2002, and I ran that on um, RPG Web for a little bit before that thing kind of folded. I think it's out there still, but there's nobody on it. Everybody moved to rpol.net, which is still marking me as pretty old because it's a damn text bulletin board system. But, hey, it works better than trying to coordinate with people who are across continents uh, to get everyone together for Rule 20 or something. And infinitely better than grown people who have jobs and different shifts and families trying to find an actual day to sit in front of each other, which would be awesome, but isn't a reality for most of us. But anyway, back to these henchfolk. Um, I had one who had... I had built up a character who had her hand bit off by a giant lizard and kind of had a phantom limb issue, which ended up being absolutely essential for because it functions as like a wraith arm and drains energy out of you. Not not levels, but, you know, strength and whatnot, enough to knock you out. And, you know, it also means that she can punch ghosts and things like that, but that doesn't necessarily work out well for her either. Um, but I had those those three, and they traveled with a character who um, was a fire mage and who had a golem with them. And together they they attacked a lair of troll folk who were not like the full Andersonian troll. Though I had a couple of those there that they kept as slaves and skinned regularly to make leather out of. Um, the, these are a little bit smaller. They regenerate and they're green, but they're... A little bit of a pushover and they burn up real good um, but that group had gone in and into um, somebody's ba- troll infested basements and wiped out the lot um, and later on they became unemployed as that character went off to go do something else so I've got a lot of henchmen some are useful some are not um, and I had a couple of players selecting people off list. I prompted them, here's this guy in his description. If you, you know, because there's in the game, there's a little picture and a two line description about them, but you can click on it and get a full description of what they look like. One of the characters who was doing this did not select it and didn't realize that the guy was under equipped and looked like he was hungover. But 
be that as it may. That didn't go well for them. Half that group died and then got replaced by another batch. We had this one player, and everybody's run into this guy. Wants to be in charge, is bossy as hell, and kind of turns off the other players. And it's unfortunate when that happens, because I hate player versus player messes. It's not what I came to do. I came to get together with my friends, or my virtual friends in this case, and gather everybody around and have a good time fighting the enemies. Not each other, not killing the party, not getting into stupidness, or in this case, trying to call the guild administration down on somebody for what they had done. Now, about the guild. The guild, the official Thieves Guild was hunted down and destroyed, but most of the members joined together with a bunch of um, detached mercenary companies and something I called the un the what was it the the uncollected journeyman's association which was a bunch of wizards who don't belong to the mage guild and they formed the adventurers guild and this is an important thing in Northport because um, the city administration is run by the Hedarium which is to say the priests of Hades um, they have a sphere of death, law, and, and earth, and they essentially handle taxation. And one of the issues about this place is that if you don't have some proof of gainful employment, you're, you're going to get sold into indentured servitude. You know, we're not big on jails here. It's like if you commit a real heinous crime, they execute you, and then you kind of get death plus hard labor. There's a handful of people who've been wandering around for the last 30 years since they died holding signs up that say tax cheat and things like that. Um, so it's, it's disturbing to the local populace, but every now and then one of these uh, Zeds is wandering about like this. So one thing that the Adventurers Guild does is it gives these handy little um, badges, which are incidentally trackable magically, um, that announce that you are employed and if you belong to the guild you can sleep on the floor in the common room and get yourself a bowl of hot brown or uh, some gruel in the morning and live as if you were a sub-peasant unless you actually go adventuring and there's a handful of people who've taken sanctuary in there because they'll be arrested if they leave who are now permanent employees of the guild and there's an assorted amount of people who have got rank, more retired adventurers or semi-active ones, but high-level people who are busy with paperwork, which is why everybody else has got a job. So back to this fellow who um, managed to piss off everybody who joined him. Half of them left mid-adventure and walked out on him, and he, which was not a great thing, but he built his character up as someone who already had henchmen. He's got, you know, a, uh, a mage wife, he's got, uh, who, who has her own golem warrior, which they, they keep having to hire people to move him around, because he's, he's a small iron golem and he weighs uh, 900 pounds in armor. So they have to hire people to lower him with ropes and shit because he's not good on ladders. 
it, you know, any anything you you want to do creates its own kind of problems. So these limits are there. So he needed to get some people after the last batch of them walked out on him. And he's had an assortment of the different characters working for him. So the most recent batch I gave him are ones who kind of the word had gotten around about the way he treated people. So he got someone who may or may not be a mage. Can pull up a few small cantrips, but you don't know if she's actually got abilities. Um, I got a real Raquel of, uh, of a fencer. Not great against the kind of critters you gotta hack and hack up, since piercing weapons like that don't do a hell of a lot of damage, and he's kind of under-equipped. And a kind of stealthy sort of person, you know, with a longsword and crossbow, who, when they, they ran into, were a, maintenance, a sewer maintenance worker in the area, they asked him to investigate, and he took care of the problem. Um, and cut the guy's throat. Stealthy, yeah, but not necessarily a thief. And they got a priest. Who, well, we need him for healing, so we're hoping, uh, you know, in case a cleric break glass. And he's turned out to be mm, maybe a death cultist, maybe not. Mm, we'll see. Um, but it's entertaining to see how that breaks down. Um, the other group who played with him have been, you know, reading it on the threads and looking at this. And, you know, for the kind of people who hire, you know, they, they you know, meet shield, go to Meat Shields or Us to get to hire people, or, you know, in Peter Del Orto's uh, game, you know, they, they refer to it as the Guild of Red Shirts, where they get their henchmen from. Um, I think it's interesting that. To, to lay them out as being low-level characters that with character it's not just you know fighter one and fighter two or you know the men-at-arms who are in the uh, maze of peril which you know you can you don't even have to hire return their gear to the guild afterwards you can sell that shit and, and just bury them and they expect to be buried in the field um, it's the smaller groups and the low point ones again is what really gets me i i've always liked working in the semi-competent range and as um gabra lux had said after he's one of my employers he makes the excellent zine um echoes from foam a lot and um has has been producing a number of zine size adventures um, like the Barbarian King and the Cloister of the Frog God. Um, you know, I, I get hired by people from all over. He's out of Hungary and he makes a smashing first edition product. Um, and he's got um, Matt Ray working for him and Stephen Pogue. Uh, it, it's, it's a good quality product. Take a look for it. Echoes from Fomalot. Um, it's like there, there's a certain something about the low-level characters. Is they they get by on luck. They have amazing adventures until they don't. And you know the the story of the 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 encounter where you fought and ran, or got lucky on a shot and and 
clean somebody's clock and work your way through. It, it just... Your first level character surviving is is where the story is at. I mean, yeah, you can be the epically powerful so-and-so who goes up against the epically more powerful so-and-so and wins the day and solves the quest. I like the guys they meet on the way. You know, and it's like the, the people whose job ended up being going into the basement and clear out the rats when you were too busy for that shit. Um, I mean, going with that gag... Uh, one of it, the background places in um, Beneath the Fallen Tower had um, the nearby duchy was currently without a ruler because the, um, the duke and his first son headed out to war against the orcs with the king and were killed in combat. And his second and third son, who'd remained in the city, got killed by plague brought on by rats because nobody cleaned out the damn innkeeper's basement. Um, I love working with henchmen and playing them for other people. But I started drawing them. And I still like working with them. Be kind to your henchmen. Until we meet again.